The story of the Bible is that our fellowship with God, which was lost in the beginning, is being restored through the ministry of Christ. And as Christians, we believe that we can get to know the one true and living God through the pages of his word. In today's episode, we're going to be jumping right into John chapter 9, because why not? Hi guys, welcome back to the Why Not Podcast with me, Connor JC. And I hope that you are having a beautiful day. I recently have purchased so many books, I haven't even started reading them. I think in the past week, I've bought about eight books. And there's me, who still hasn't even finished reading his book from January. I've read a couple of other books for February, March. What are we in? We're in April. So I have, oh my goodness, we're almost at the end of April. And I'm literally like two books behind my goal. I think I've only finished two books. This is terrible. But anyway, that's how I'm doing. How are you doing? Do send me a message at whynotpodcast.gmail.com or send me a DM. I'd love to chat and see how you're doing. But anyway, let's jump right into John chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned, or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, 
Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshipper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt, but now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Amen. This was a short, pithy little chapter, but I think something that really stood out to me was verse 4. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. This has been bugging my brain. I think that this kind of night that's represented here probably represents death or the loss of opportunity. You know, obviously when Jesus died, the disciples could keep working, but for Jesus, his death and ascension brought about the end of his physical work here on earth. That doesn't mean that Jesus is limited, but I think in teaching this, he's kind of reminding us that we have a limited amount of time in our lives to serve Christ. There will come a point in time where we can do nothing else for him in this world, but we only have a limited amount of time in things that we do matter for eternity. So it's all the more important to use our time and resources wisely and not waste any opportunities. So I guess my question for you is, how do you use your time? Are you doing the works of God? Is what you're doing really going to make a difference for God? When you're dead, I can guarantee that you won't wish you did less work for God. It is almost sure that you'll wish that you'd done more while you had the chance. I think we need to remember that we have this amazing gospel that has been entrusted to us. We have this living hope of Christ's return. And as believers, we can be confident knowing that the new creation awaits. But for some people out there, they will not see this new creation. And this should spur us on while we are still in the light, while we still have opportunities to go and proclaim the good news boldly. I mean, my family aren't Christians, and my brother in particular is going down a really dark route, and I fear for him. I've been having a lot of conversations recently with a bunch of different people who are kind of going through similar things, but also worse things. 
please just take this as an encouragement to continue to pray for those unbelieving friends and family that you know and never lose sight of how good our God is even in those dark times it may be hard to see God as the God of all comfort a God of love the God who became flesh dwelt among us and died for us but God is the same God in the best times in your walk than in your worst times on your walk so that's kind of what I have to say for you there that is by no means the main point of this passage but I thought that I'd speak about that for a little bit I do really 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 like this guy's kind of way he's clapping back to the Pharisees he's like okay you're asking me all these questions all I know is that this guy Jesus healed me and I think that we can get so distracted in trying to win our way into arguments. I mean, me in particular, I love a good debate. I love, love, love. I enjoy them. They make me feel alive. But at the end of the day, like, the wisdom of, of God is far greater than anything that we could ever imagine. What's that Bible verse that says that the wisdom of God is the folly of men? Or something like that. So it's like, even in God's kind of quote-unquote stupidest moment, that is still supremely wiser than any human decision. So yeah, I definitely need to take a, take a lesson from this. At the end of the day, all I know is that Christ died for me, and I believe in him, and I know that I have eternal life. Uh, all these extra things are really great to know, like about biblical theology, systematic theology, covenantal theology, all of these great things. But at the end of the day, all I have is Christ. So that is my reminder to you to preach the gospel to yourself today. Forget all of these other distractions in your life, whether those are great things, godly things. Remind yourself of the simplicity and complexity of the gospel. And never move on from that. Never move on from that. But anyway, those are my thoughts from John chapter 9. I had a little bit of more thoughts, but I'll probably save that for a rainy day. Maybe one day I'll write a blog or something. But anyway, join me tomorrow where we jump into John chapter 10. I will be posting the study questions for this chapter on my Instagram. But until then, goodbye. God bless, and I'll see you in the next one.